Good morning. So today we're thinking about this really well-known passage from Luke's Gospel about how Jesus calls his first disciples. Um, and this will be a really familiar passage to lots of you. And it's my hope is that we will build a little bit today on um, some of what's been said over the last few weeks. Uh, so if you remember a few weeks ago, Mark spoke to us about the gospel and what it is, and uh, the good news about God's love for the world. And then Steve built a bit on that. And then last week we had the bishop here talking to us about the journey of discipleship, the history of Christian discipleship and witness that has been demonstrated through our Heritage Week this week as we've rem remembered all that has gone before. Um, and so I wanted to talk a bit today, uh, thinking specifically about Peter, but also about Andrew and James and John, who we meet in this passage, about what it looks like for our lives to be shaped by the gospel, to um, be formed by the response that we make to hearing that good news that Jesus offers to us. So the first thing that happens in this passage is um, that Jesus has drawn a crowd, hasn't he? He's, he's walking along the side of Lake Galilee and there's a crowd around him and they can't see him, they can't hear him. Uh, and he comes to Peter, to Simon Peter, uh, to the boat and he asks them to push him out a little bit onto the lake so that he can continue to speak to the crowd without being drowned out. Um, and I, it might just be me, I've always sort of had the impression in this passage that this is the first time that these guys are meeting Jesus. But actually, um, John's gospel sort of fills a little gap here to tell us that Andrew, uh, Peter's brother, has been a follower of Jesus for a little while, that following Jesus' baptism, he moves into this area around the lake and um, begins to teach and preach and that Andrew is one of Jesus' earliest followers. So these guys, they know Jesus, they've been in some kind of relationship with him. That's why he picks their boat as his floating platform for this sermon. And um, it means that they get this front row seat to hear the good news preached. They get to be in the boat with Jesus as he speaks to the crowds and they hear the message clearly. Their position that they find themselves in means that they get to hear clearly what Jesus is saying about the good news of God's redemptive plan for the world. Um, and you might know that these guys, they're Jewish fishermen. They live in this area that's both Jewish and Gentile, but they have this sense of expectation of what God might do. They're looking for the coming Messiah. And they've probably been building on this relationship with Jesus out of an expectation that comes from their Jewish roots, that someone will come who does these things that Jesus does, who speaks the way that Jesus does, who um, moves into this area. The prophecies tell them that this is going to be a place where God does this stuff. And so they're around Jesus. They find themselves in the boat with him. They're hearing the message. Um, and then they see his power. So Jesus finishes speaking to the crowds and he says to them, 
why don't you put the nets out and they say look jesus we're fishermen we've been fishing all night and we've not caught a thing but if you say so we'll put the nets out and they throw the nets out and they're filled with fish more than they could possibly expect to the point that the boat is sinking and they call to their business partners James and John to bring another boat so that they can pull in all these fish they see the incredible power at work in Jesus life and ministry through this experience and this is really early on in their relationship with Jesus they're gonna see so much more but they see this power at work as they draw in tons of fish and head to the shore and then I love what they do next because this could be a bumper business day so probably if they've had a quiet night lots of the other fishermen have had a quiet night and they suddenly in a community where fish is a huge part of the local diet they've got all the fish uh, and they could have a brilliant day couldn't they they could set up shop on the on the shore of the lake and they could make a fortune they could make a whole new part for their business. They could probably buy another boat with the fish, given that the Bible tells us the ships were nearly sinking. But they don't do that. In response to this incredible act of power from Jesus, in response to this miracle catch of fish that could make them, set them up for life, what do they do? They quit. They leave fishing and follow Jesus. They leave behind these guys. We sometimes we think of them as like poor fishermen, but actually these guys were business owners. They're, it says that they're business partners, these two sets of brothers. Um, and James and John, they go back to their dad and they say, we're going to go and follow this teacher. He's, he's invited us to join them. And Jesus says to them, I will make you fishers of men. Now, if you're a really successful fishing businessman, um, becoming fishers of men, I wonder what you think you're getting yourself into when you follow that call. But they leave everything behind and choose to follow Jesus. And what we don't necessarily see in this passage, but what I want to draw out really about this gospel-shaped life about what our life will look like as we choose to follow Jesus is that these guys in leaving everything behind they gain everything and thinking particularly about Peter um, he's called Simon and Jesus gives him this new name Peter that you are little rock you're the little rock I'm going to build my church on. He finds a new identity, he finds a new purpose in life, he becomes a fisher of men and he gets to go on these incredible adventures with Jesus. He gets a new level of freedom to uh, try out new things. Peter receives a level of freedom to try new things that none of us can imagine. Can you imagine stepping out of a boat having such trust in the experiences and the teaching of the one that you're following that you would step out of a boat in a storm. Peter lives in this freedom to try new things, to be new things, to follow all that Jesus calls him into. 
So he, in leaving everything, he finds a new identity, he finds a new purpose, but he also finds a level of acceptance that um, we can find today too. Peter and the other disciples in following Jesus, they find a place where they're free to try and they're free to fail. Over and over again, these guys do things in their lives that that don't quite go right. They don't quite trust Jesus enough. They don't quite get it quite spot on. Sometimes Jesus really gives them a bit of a telling off about um, not having enough faith or not um, being ready enough for all that he is calling them into. But over and over again, they find forgiveness and acceptance and freedom to try again. And that's really what I want to draw our attention to today is that when we give our lives into this gospel truth, we can have this experience too. We can see the power of God at work in our lives. As we hear the message and respond to it, there's this freedom to experience God's power and to accept it and to see it for what it is. And then we're invited to leave some stuff behind. Some of it might be good stuff. These guys left behind their business. That was a good thing in their life that was providing for them and their families. Um, that was doing really well. But they leave behind the day-to-day -day things of their business. They leave behind the baggage. They leave behind the disappointments. And they go on this new adventure with Jesus. And then they find all this new stuff, they find all this freedom, they find all this acceptance that allows them to grow far beyond anything that they would have imagined that morning when they decided to help Jesus out with a little bit of a floating platform. And I wonder today, how do you need to respond to hearing the message of the gospel, the good news that God has come to us, that he invites us into relationship with him, that he invites us to live life alongside him? Perhaps today you, that's the first time you're hearing this news and you need to respond to it and think about how might you step into that relationship that Jesus is offering to you. Perhaps you've heard the message before and you need to see it backed up by power. Perhaps today you want to ask God to show himself to you in power. Perhaps you're struggling to leave some stuff behind. And I invite you today, we're going to pray together in a moment, to leave behind some of the baggage that holds you back and step into all of the freedom that we find in a gospel-shaped Jesus following life and perhaps you've started that journey already but you want more you want to see more and more perhaps you've tried something and it's failed perhaps you're feeling disappointed and disheartened I want to encourage us this morning that the story of the Bible the story of these followers of Jesus is that they tried and failed that they um, stepped out and saw incredible things and that there were times where they were too scared to try and they needed more encouragement from Jesus. And perhaps this morning, you know that there's something that Jesus is calling you into, that you want to feel that encouragement to try again. Let's pray together. 
Lord Jesus, thank you for the incredible good news of your presence with us, of your love for us, that you reconcile us to God. Pray this morning that that gospel truth would transform and shape our lives. Pray that you would help us to respond to the invitation that you give to us. Pray that we would hear that message effectively this morning, that we would see you move in power in the situations that each of us face. Pray that you would encourage and help us to leave behind the things that hold us back from you and that you would help us to step into all that we gain as we walk into a gospel-shaped life. Pray that you would lead us and guide us on this journey of faith and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.